a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, Vanessa Lagoon comes by to talk to us about her book, Unspiritually Spiritual. Now, she is a transformational expert. We talk about the new normal, and that's not what you think it is. And we also talk about getting real with the Great Awakening. So all of the ways, of course, guys, to find her located down in the show notes. This is a phenomenal conversation. Uh, So I also just kind of wanted to give you a heads up. uh, We had some connectivity issues so there's a little bit of glitchiness and lag and there's there seems to be a little bit of dissonance in our conversation that's what it's about it's just technology she's in australia i'm in Millsap, texas so uh, it was amazing we could do this at all anyway so i uh, don't want it to be distracting but just wanted to give you a heads up on that so uh she is like i said awesome all the ways to find her down there check it out okay so our affiliate links down there food forest abundance check that out for sure if you want to start your own podcast libsyn is who i host through so that's who i recommend uh link down there gives you a little bit of a discount on that Uh, and then if you're going to buy anything on amazon run it through our link it helps the show so also down there is going to be our link to expandingrealitypodcast.com that is where you can funnel through to all of the socials if you want to go that route Uh, merchandise is over there as well as the link over to rockfin for more premium content kind of stuff and then also uh it's got our lives that we do uh these saturday night deals if you can't catch those we replay them for free on the website also the two cool for youtube know all that stuff uh youtube won't let us put up there we don't need youtube we've got the website so go over there guys uh all of the videos are being slowly and laboriously uploaded there so uh check those out but all of it free a great deal of that thing is free but if you do want to contribute to the show there's ways to do that there as well let's let's just rock into this amazing conversation guys with uh vanessa lagoon all right ladies and gentlemen welcoming to the show we have vanessa lagoon how are you doing vanessa I'm very well, thank you. It's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to this. This is so cool. You wrote an awesome book, of course, Unspiritually Spiritual, which will be linked down in the show notes as well as all the other ways to find you. So guys, make sure that you check that out. Very cool, Unspiritually Spiritual. Uh, I want to get into it. Before we get launching in, though, do you mind, uh, just for my audience that may not know too much about you, just tell us who you are. So I'm a transformation expert and I help people unlock their quantum potential through soul mastery. Very cool. Uh, What got you into that? What made you say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do? Oh, I've been in transformation all my life. So prior to this, I used to be an exercise physiologist and, you know, I used to work in sports medicine and corporate health and You know, I actually have an undergrad in psychology and psychophysiology, which is kind of neuropsych. And I actually did that because I wanted to be a psychologist. But, you know, I got through the degree and I didn't actually find it. I love the psychophysiology side of it, but I didn't like the psychology. And I just thought, you know what, I love sport. I got into that. 
you know, I used to be a high performance athlete myself and, you know, I went down that path, loved it. I've always been about mind, body, soul. I've always been highly intuitive anyway. But what I found was that, you know, most of the people I work with and my specialty was injury management and that's the part, you know, of especially working with athletes that I loved. I used to work with work cover, um, you know, employees. So they're the people that got injured at work and need rehab back. And I loved it. Like that was my zone of genius. And so, but what I, you know, what I got was that there was always a deeper part of that. It wasn't just, you know, prescribing the right exercise, all of that. There was always that psychological or even the unconscious stuff. And, you know, probably towards my late 20s, I started diving into, you know, people like Louise Hay and Ines Gal who talk about the mind-body connection with disease. And so I started to get right into that. I've always been drawn to, you know, concepts like synchronicity and, you know, uh, the quantum field and all of that. And, you know, early in the day, I was reading some of Deepak Chopra's earlier books like, you know, The Art of Grace. Oh, I can't remember the exact title, but Synchro Destiny, all of that sort of stuff. And so I would observe, especially from Louise Hayes' books and Ines Segal, who's actually from Australia as well, I'd observe them in myself, but then I'd observe them in my clients, just in the privacy of my own mind of the underlying, because I knew them enough to know what was going on sort of unconsciously. And then it just kind of went from there. Um, I kind of hit a point in my exercise physiology career where I was kind of just, I'd hit the end point of it and I was getting bored of it. And then all the quantum stuff came in and I, you know, learned Reiki. I got trained in emotional freedom technique, which has become quite popular in, you know, the last 10 years especially. And from there, actually, my EFT teacher taught quantum EFT, which is EFT of the soul. And in that, I did some training with her. And in that, you know, she does past life regressions, you know, into previous lifetimes. You know, at that point, I wasn't really into that sort of stuff. I was a bit, you know, because of my science background, I was like, eh, you know. Um, but last minute, I decided to go to it. I didn't think I'd be a person because I'm quite highly analytical anyway. I didn't think I could do a past life progression. And I did it. I was surprised that I did it, went into some past lives, and actually one of those is in the book that I wrote. And, um, and I thought, wow, I can see the value of going into past unresolved trauma in past lives, you know, impacting today. Because at that point I'd gone, you know, with EFT, a lot of it goes back to your childhood and, you know, trapped emotional bonds that are kind of sticking to memories that we collapse. But I thought, oh, we've got to go deeper. Like I'm always asking, let's go deeper. Why, why, why? And, yeah, and then I started looking at, you know, the Akashic records, past lives, delving into that, and that's where the quantum stuff came and, you know, starting to really unlock deep-rooted patterns. Like I always experiment on myself first and, um you know, and then I started witnessing my clients and, you know, it's really powerful stuff. And, you know, I've become friends with a lot of other people trained in, in some sort of energy, psychology, energy, healing or quantum healing. And, you know, they're experiencing the same results. So 
that's kind of the the loose path of how I got there. And yeah, it's it's fascinating. And you know, you think, and this is the thing about expanding consciousness. You always think that you know a lot until you realize you don't. And you know, the last two years in particular, I have been charmed about how much I don't know, you know. But at the same time, it's been a front row seat of the human consciousness collective of how human behaviour works. And it's just like, wow, you know. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. And, you know, we're always, yeah, we're always progressing and, you know, moving with the energy and thinking of new ways to explore yourself. And this is exciting. I mean, I know a lot of people are in fear and at the moment, but there is a lot of excitement and possibilities coming out because people are starting to understand that their quantum self isn't just some woo thing. It can actually be practical. It's not just something else. You know, I use the word spirituality a lot because when I started going deep down this back in, I don't know, 2008, that's kind of how it was framed back then. I mean, it's framed a bit different now, but um yeah, but back then it was always framed, it's out there, you've got to surrender, bring it in. But it's like, no, it's you are it, it's both. You know, and that's just because the vibrate, you know, the consciousness of the planet has expanded to such an extent that it's available to us now. It wasn't really 20 years ago, but it is now. So, but a lot of people also don't know what to do with it. <laughs> So, you know, they're tapping into all of these intuitive gifts. You know, they're kind of battling with the whole um, persecution, ridicule, pseudoscience label, all of that. But we're actually, I've noticed over the last few years especially, that we're actually learning how to decode it better and apply it to the physical reality. And that's what my current work's about, is just teaching people, here are your soul-level gifts. This is you know, how to apply it to your everyday life. So, you know, you're not sitting around in Zen all day because there are distortions, you know, and a lot of people are reluctant to explore their quantum self. But because of these distortions, because they see it as an airy-fairy thing and only for, you know, certain demographics, but it's not. And, you know, it's funny because every now and then, I'll get a phone call from an old exercise physiology client just saying, oh, I want to refer someone to you. And I'll say, you know, people I worked with 10 years ago, and I'll say, oh, I'm actually not in the field anymore. I, I do this work. And she goes, oh, you, you were always intuitive, you know. And I went, oh, you know, like this has happened a few times. And even, you know, I used to work in sports medicine, so I used to work with very high-level professionals with, the, you know, you know, physios, sports doctors, you know, working with elite sporting teams and stuff. And, you know, a few women have private, especially the males, because males, you know, don't feel as comfortable talking about this sort of stuff. And a few of them used to come up to me because they knew I was into it and go, oh, you know, I feel intuitive, but, you know, because these are the barriers of, you know, physiotherapy or whatever, I feel scared to go over that. And I'm just saying go for it, you know, just go for it, you know, like just follow it. So did any of them report back to you and tell you uh, some some gifts that they discovered based on that? Oh, these are conversations I was having five that, years ago, you okay. know, and a lot of them I'm not in contact with today. 
But um, I know one who actually moved, oh, this is 10 years ago. He's actually based in Canada now. He followed the path and he's, you know, got his own clinics and, you know, going into other areas. But I used to actually have clients that were, I've been really fortunate. I've always attracted the right people. So I've had clients that, you know, a chi- I had a chiropractor client, right? He owned, his, he owned two of his clinics. He was well-regarded. He was so in tune with his body that I learned more off him than he did from me in my training, you know, when I was training him because he would be able to tell me down to the last vertebrae or the, you know, muscle what was being worked and what wasn't. And I'm just going, wow, who needs to go to university when I've got this guy in front of me, you know, deeply in tuned. But, you know, I found even him, he was going into you know, doing workshops are a bit out there, you know, um, even things like, you know, the craniotherapy stuff where I know you put, I could be saying this wrong, but I know you swallow a balloon or something and it just uh, inflates and it can shift your cranial. I don't know the exact, it was 10 years ago I was having these conversations with him, but he was going to those workshops, even just kind of more the metaphysical stuff. But he kept quiet about it and, you know, only to a select few clients, you know what I mean? But I think we're getting to the point where you can't hide that stuff anymore. You have to because it actually thwarts your own self-expression when you hide parts that you feel that won't be accepted by the masses. But at the end of the day, if you're producing results, that stuff needs to be shared. So... Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think even Brett Favre came out uh, recently um, and said that his wife does all of these, what he called like rituals and stuff like that. And she pays attention to astrology and he like she leaves him little gifts and makes like a little altar for him and stuff like that. And uh, just some really deliberately mindfulness practices. And he said, you know what? I listened to her and I won this Super Bowl. And then she did this and I won this Super Bowl. He goes, so there's something to it. Even he would step out of the way and at least admit that there's something to it. And we even know things like the woo woo we just... uh, spoke with the young lady, Ksenia Moore, uh, about astrology. And all astrologers will tell you this, that billionaires use astrology. All presidents have had astrologers. There is something phenomenal going on here. And it seems like with the mystery schools that were established a long time ago, it's it's been a deliberate suppression of that knowledge to the normies or the muggles or whatever. But really, it's something here for us to discover. Now, what I like about which, how you approach this is, is that you take a look at it, you take a look at all of it, like I do, but also you resonate with it most in a grounded manner. And same for me. I don't speak to Archangel Michael. I'm fine with people that do. No, that's amazing. Like they'll tell me he tells me stuff and I'm like, dope, you know, thanks for facilitating that. That's awesome. I love it. It's it's not the way in which I experience this phenomena. So I'm with you on this. And this is also why I was so excited when you contacted me, because you do take a very grounded approach to this. But it's it's a perfect balance between the woo and then uh, the the science, really, which is where we get that quantum word from. So that's my question for right now. A lot of people throw the word quantum around and uh, there's a lot of different definitions for it. So when you say it, what does quantum mean for you? So, well, this is where I'll kind of talk about my interpretation of multidimensional consciousness because it's probably the best this is the best way I can explain it and this is in terms of human consciousness okay I understand that there's physicists out there that you know might have more specific details but 
I just like to keep it simple and understandable to the person at this point in a human evolution. So the model I work off is we're on, you know, we have 10 dimensional aspects within our existence. So some argue more, but, you know, really we only have access to that many. So third dimension is our physical reality. So anything solid and tangible. Our fourth dimensional aspect is our mental realm. So, you know, our thinking, our ego, our intellect. And the fifth to the tenth dimensional aspect is our quantum realm. So that's kind of where the soul resides. And so the quantum realm is really kind of the unseen part of ourselves or, you know, where our soul resides and, you know, where we connect to that unseen aspect of ourselves. You know, up until recently, you know, a lot of spirituality practices or even just healing, you know, past life healing, all that would work on the soul level or the mental level or, you know, personal development would work at the mental level, the physical level, but not all three at the same time. But now we've got the opportunity, you know, it wasn't really available even more than 10 years ago to actually work on three at the same time because, you know, often the ego gets trashed, but it's actually part of our existence. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, it's part of our existence. And the idea is our heart, you know, our quantum self, our ego and our physical are meant to be congruent and all line up, you know. And that's the whole idea of being spiritual and physical at the same time. They all line up and making this, you know, quantum work more grounded because, you know, you get your insights or your gifts. You interpret it at the, um, you know, mental level and then somehow you translate it into physicality, you know, through decoding and practising and experimenting. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you, you know, adjust the decoding and see what works. And that's the only way we're going to expand on this is application, see what works, see what doesn't. And like you said, you know, there's so many different ways people interpret quantum, you know, like astrology, Archangel, Archangel Michael, whatever. And that might work at some point, but then you might reach a different level of consciousness and some of them might not work and some do. And so it's just not getting attached to ideas that it's going to work for the rest of your life also. It's like a constant, change is a constant moving target and really that's why our soul's here is to experience itself and its creative abilities, you know, in the physical reality, not, you know, how high vibe you can get through all these downloads, you know. Um, And, you know, that's the only way you're going to know is applying it and see if it works. I love it. And also, I, of, of course, you would understand that change is the only constant uh, because you're a transformational coach. So you're you're basically the best at life. Like change is transformation is life. So you coach people on how to just live your life and transform through situations, which is really, really cool. Now, something that you mentioned earlier was the, the word distortions. And so I'm curious about what role distortions play in development. Yeah, so... Look, distortions kind of underpin all healing work, whether Western, Eastern, you know, quantum. And so I just want to say everyone has distortions. It's just, you know, especially the way we've lived over the past thousands of years, everyone has them. So it's just like accepting it. 
And because what's happened, you know, part, a lot of my books are actually flushing out distortions of the, you know, new age spirituality, the great awakening. But, you know, because, you know, we have, this is where the ego can become a bit dysfunctional. We get so caught up or clung to, you know, self-perception that we don't want to admit that we have distortions. So we kind of either avoid them or we dive right into them and then, you know, kind of get stuck in them and don't actually see what we're creating in our life. And, um, you know, this idea of that's well perpetuated is we're here on lessons, school, you know, cosmic school, cosmic lessons. We're here to learn lessons, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, true. But we're not going anywhere. Like we're not going to be healing you know, we'll be addressing distortions for the rest of our lives depending on what we create because, you know, the soul seeks to have new experiences. So, you know, if you decide that you want to climb a, you know, Mount Everest, you're going to be met with a new set of distortions around that if it's something you've never done something like that before or, you know, talk in front of, a you know, a thousand people on a live stage um, or, you know, a relationship thing. But, you know, a better approach or, you know, a much more fun way to look at it is life as a playground, you know, and the distortions are just kind of kinks in the, you know, air bubbles in the um, hose that you just kind of get rid of to make that process a lot easier. So it's just, it comes down to perspective. I mean, I have different type of distortions we deal with in my work to help get there. But it's just understanding we all have distortions. We probably will or we will for the rest of our lives as we navigate through experiences, but it's just part of being human. But the other thing that we've got to look at is you are where you are right now because of the totality of your choices throughout your whole soul's timeline. I mean, this lifetime, but your soul's timeline. And you created them because they were your choices. So, you know, everything you've created now is perfect because you chose them on some level. And so, yeah, it's just a matter of perspective of how you look at it because otherwise you can just drown in it. And, you know, I name quite a, I've got a whole chapter dedicated to this. And because a lot of my work is based on uncovering distortions, you know, I myself got trapped into this whole dysfunction of endless transitions, like always looking for something to fix, you know, and, you know, I got into this vicious cycle that I, I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, I thought I was doing great and, you know, progressing and whatever. And then I realised I was in this cycle and it took me a lot of concerted effort to get out of it. And the thing is I was surrounded by other healers doing exactly the same thing. So I'd have these conversations. So it was reinforcing the idea. And it's just like, okay, I've got to shift this because <laughs> I'm in this bit of a dysfunctional trap here. So it's just recognising them and then course correcting to, you know, get you back on track of actually what you want to create. 
this is what I find so interesting about this whole process, about spirituality, about enlightenment, about higher consciousness, is, is that there are so many options and there are so many things that people observe and report back and experience and report back. Now, uh, for those people, and but you uh, as a teacher, because that's what you're doing here, you're informing a whole bunch of people that that's not the only way that it can be experienced, that there's many different roads and all of them lead home. So you've provided a, a way like out. So <clears throat> one of the things I'll say on this is kind of like, before, when I was growing up in the, you know, raised in the church and everything like that, I thought that there were only two options because I was at a very limited perspective. My world was very small and focused because my parents and my religion made sure that it stayed that way. So I, I thought that there is either this God that I was told was the only one and right, or I'll go to hell, or there was nothing at all. And so I was at those two options. But somebody like you came along and said, hey, there's another option. And what I mean by this is Neil Donald Walsh's uh, book, Conversations with God, got dropped into my lap, and then I that blew my mind. That's where I was introduced to the concept of unity consciousness. But with people like you, some people looking at this will say, look, the system's screwy. Uh, it's all messed up over there. I don't know what to do in it. I definitely don't resonate with that. But also, you've got these people over here that, they, that don't resonate with like the yoga and the Reiki and all of that stuff. But there's a blend between the two where they find this unity consciousness thing kind of intriguing. And it's it's way more approachable because now you've provided a new avenue, a new, a new set of lenses in which to view the world that's going to be palatable to the people who don't resonate on either side and that are looking for answers. So I think the, the work that you're doing and the way that you explain it is awesome. So I want to ask you, uh, you talked about the Great Awakening. So the subtitle of your book, Getting Real About the Great Awakening. So let's get real about the Great Awakening. Uh, what is going on with this? Okay, so this is probably a good time to bring in this another layer to multidimensional consciousness, because this, you know, I learned through my work, but I know there's a few different kind of modalities doing similar. So up until about, I don't know, 2015, people, you know, whatever healer I was going to, or even, you know, the teachings I was doing, kept saying, you've got to go deeper, you've got to go deeper, you've got to go deeper. And then I was starting to hang around with people that kind of, it was almost like a competition who was more evolved or more spiritual or higher conscious. And I it just didn't feel, it didn't sit right with me. And, you know, even people I was watching online, most of the people I, you know, followed online or whatever was back then were quite grounded, but occasionally you get, you know, that someone that projected further along in the evolution, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking something about this doesn't make sense, you know. So... I came across this, um, you know, terminology called the soul vibration rate, okay? So what this does, you know, this is what I use in my work, but it's kind of a measure of your consciousness, how expanded you are, as you know, in your human experience or, you know, physical experience. And, you know, it's, you know, the, it's just an arbitrary figure that we use just to get an idea of how, you know, spiritually aware someone is. So, you know, and it's described in a way that, you know, it's where your higher self sits, okay? So I don't know if you know the higher self, but that's the part of you that's connected to your upper dimensional realms but still connected to the grounded, you know, physical reality of you. So it's kind of like that um, in-between point. And it, you know, works obviously with your mental aspect. So, you know, we grade it either, you know, in the fourth dimension, fifth dimension, sixth dimension, etc. So people with a soul vibrational rate in the fourth dimension, so that means their higher self is in the fourth dimension, 
as I said earlier, the fourth dimension is all about mind, intellect and ego. So they don't have any awareness of themselves as, you know, a spiritual being because, you know, that's where the highest self. So they're not interested in those topics. And anyone that talks about it, they just can't connect to it. It's just like speaking another language to them. It's just, you know, but as soon as people's soul vibration rate starts going into the fifth dimension, which is the quantum realm, that's when people start having their, you know, dark night of their soul experiences, their spiritual awakening. And, you know, that's when people start looking into information about, you know, the nature of consciousness, esoteric, the quantum field, and truth disclosure. And so, you know, and then that kind of works its way up as you become, you know, more connected to who you are at soul level, that sort of stuff. So the higher it is, the more expanded your conscious, you know, awareness is. But it also ties into how many more choices are available to you as well because you understand that there's so many more ways to do things. So to answer your question before, because everyone's really unique at soul level, like you've got your more, you know, even though it doesn't sound spiritual, some people are really rational and intellectual at soul level. So they're really great at decoding stuff and, you know, technology and, you know, you know engineering and whatnot, you know, very um, precise physical things. And then you've got people at soul level who are very imaginative, you know, all that. so you've got that whole range, right? But... You know, the fifth dimension is actually what we call the information realm. So, you you know, you heard the term, you know, um, the information age. That's why, because, you know, the internet's kind of like the physical version of the fifth dimension. You know, you can search for things whenever you want. So the higher your soul vibrational rate becomes, the more expanded and the more opportunities you have and the more choices you have for, you know, exploring that, Right. However, there is a dysfunction side. <laughs> and this is the thing, we live in polarity, so there's always going to be a dysfunctional side, you know, because experimentation requires you put something out and it either works or it doesn't and then you adjust. But if you're expanded and you have more choices available, if you lack focus and intent on what you actually want to create, you actually create nothing. So that's where, while you were saying there's so much available and people getting confused, you know, that's where intent, which is, you know, fourth dimensional, you know, you've got to actually become really focused in what you want to create in your life. Otherwise, you are just going to be overwhelmed with all the different possibilities available to you. That's how I feel a lot of people approach this is that they they don't feel that they're advancing, that they're just learning that there's more to memorize, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? It, it just feels like to some people whenever they explain it. <clears throat> oh, go ahead, please, please. No, no, you go. Oh, and apologies, listeners. There's quite a delay here between us. Uh, you're in Australia uh, crushing it, and it's a little overcast there, and then I'm out in the country, and so we're on two completely opposite sides of the world uh, doing this, which is still cool. So apologies, guys, for the for the lag. Um, so what I was going to say was uh, that it's it's just interesting that, that your work seems to focus on the more grounded perspectives, uh, like I've already said, and that it this... 
it seems like this time, again, uh, more than ever, there are so many damn options that, that people can get lost in the sea of just like they're, you know, you picture those people that uh, have a new hobby for the first time and they're going through a hobby shop and somebody's like, oh, you need to get this book and this book and this mat and this pen. And, you know, and then they're stacked up with all this stuff and they're walking around and they're like, I'm just trying to like, you know, not... Uh, kill anyone today because I'm just so stressed out and overwhelmed. You know, I'm just looking for new answers and then you're dropping all of this on as well. So there are some intermediate steps that people can take uh, while embarking in this journey for the first time without getting overwhelmed. And again, this is what I think that you you provide for folks, uh, is especially for somebody even not a, I don't have an advanced perspective on this. I've just been looking at this for a very long time. And like I said, it's into what you said that we need the people like me out here that can, you know, run a show and make you sound as good as possible and, you know, put this out and run all the gear and stuff. But I'll have you on, you know, if you're channeling Archangel Michael or something like that, I'll absolutely be here to facilitate that part of the experience for all of us. But I um, am, am with you on this. I think it's very interesting waters to navigate and it can get very convoluted and muddy. Yeah, well, you know, when pe people first awaken, it's like a kid in, like you said, a kid in a candy store. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, you know, when that happens, a lot of people already have an, an established life, like they're already, you know, working, you know, might be in relationships, whatever. Um, and it's actually quite fun. When I first started, really, I was like, whoa, whoa, what do I learn, you know? And so I was looking at a whole different range of things and, you know, give me a pick-me-up and whatever. But as soon as you start kind of, move, you know, expanding a bit more, you might make a little adjustments. When you meet, reach kind of the mid-fives or towards the mid-fives, that's when it's, you, got, you get to a point that you've got to actually start applying it, you know, especially in the way you make a living or in your relationships, more of your foundational stuff because... The downside about having more insight and conscious awareness is that you actually become more aware of the dysfunctions in your life. Yes. And if you're not addressing that, it can actually become a bit of a self-soothing cycle to, you know, do all these weekend workshops or, you know, uh, listen to online meditations or downloads or, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then it becomes dysfunctional because it becomes a form of soothing and escapism instead of yes. addressing what's actually going on in your life. And that's where a lot of people can actually get stuck getting into these cycles. They think that, and that's the thing, they think they're doing the right thing, but you've just got to always look at what's actually physically happening in your life. You know, if you've got a dysfunctional relationship, for example, like a spousal relationship or a live-in partner relationship, and, you know, I've had a lot of clients come to me over the years, female clients that have wanted to evolve themselves in the hope that their partner will magically change into the person they want them to be instead of just having frank conversations or, you know, really getting into the nitty gritty of it. And it never happens. You're all, you, you know, it has to be addressed at the physical level. And, you know, that's the whole multidimensional aspect of it. You have to address it at physical, mental, and, you know, the spiritual level, not just do all this clearing and healing work and then, you know, you still have to apply it because otherwise it becomes tolerance and you unintentionally victimise yourself, really, you know, disempowering yourself. 
Could, yeah. could not agree more. Now, um, this actually did happen in my relationship. I changed me and my wife changed. It's it's crazy. But I did it on a physical, I mean, mental happen. and spiritual level. But yeah, but she also was very on this as well. And it's just something clicked in our relationship. When I stopped wishing things were different and started being the person capable of receiving the different things that I wanted. Does that make sense? So I just changed oh, me. Yeah. And I think it's really important. So what I've noticed, yes, in relationships where the partner is on board or understands it, yeah. I mean, yeah, it gets clunky for a while. And that it's normal, so this dissonance so is normal. And that's another misunderstood concept of change and transformation is just because you're high vibe or spiritual doesn't mean you don't go through the upheaval. Like that's Agreed. normal. Yeah. Um, but it's when the partner has no interest in spirituality or personal development or self, you know, um, you know, they think it's a bit of a hobby that they're going or a phase they're going through. And that's where it gets really clunky. It does. And I, I have a lot of friends that, that have this situation in particular. And uh, I don't know why. It's just ubiquitously um, females um, in the relationship that are doing the spiritual work and then males that just think it's a phase. And so uh, it's it's pretty pervasive in that way. I actually do not have any examples of it the inverse. But it's very, very interesting. And you're absolutely right. Now, in those cases, 100%. Yes. Could not agree more. That's a hard sell. You know, That's a very hard sell. So there's some realism that is involved, which is why you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, relationships. I mean, especially our spousal relationships. That's where we learn the most about ourselves. Absolutely. And, you know, and in a way doing, you know, expansion in spiritual relationships can be the most difficult way to do it because you're juggling with two people's, you know, and they tend to be our most codependent relationships. So, or, you know, some level of codependency in it. So when one person shifts it, you know, really impacts the other person. And so, yeah, it takes, there's an adjustment and there's adjustment periods and it's, it takes an effort to kind of manage that at the time. It's, you know. For sure. It's not For, always um, easy. Absolutely sure. Now, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about this new normal uh, that we're going to be going back to, build back better, new normal and all that stuff. Uh, is that the only option we have for a new normal? Are we talking about the proposed global one? Yes, that one. The lizard turds are proposing a new normal for us all to enjoy, and it just does not sound like something uh, that resonates with me. I don't identify as somebody who would enjoy that. So is that our only new normal option? Oh, I see that collapsing pretty soon, I hope. Yes, me <laughs> the too. The only reason okay. that's existing is because people are putting attention and energy into it as soon as people thank you (laughs) yes withdraw that it collapses it's that's it i mean if we had a flash mob for 24 hours where no one participated in it it would collapse but okay so i'll introduce something else and this is a new norm i see i just see that as the global psyche cleanse that's going on you know, thousands of years of, you know, stuff. And this is not an overnight thing. Like this is another distortion of, you know, all of spirituality, including religion, new ages, some perceived external authority is going to save us or, you know, whatever, or even just putting power into a perceived external authority over our own inner knowing. 
And yeah, sure, something big might happen, you know, in the foreseeable future that does bring about all of that. But we still have to do the work at the physical level in our own lives to create it. It's not going to happen in and all of a sudden we're fit, vital, wealthy and, you know, have the amazing relationships with everyone in the world. It's going to, that's going to take a long time to sort out. But, you know, in my book, I talk about two concepts. We're heading towards independent sovereignty and unity consciousness. So the independent sovereignty is our personal stuff where we actually do connect with our soul, you know, level qualities a lot more. Because really, you know, at the moment, we're kind of operating on two systems. Our soul is animated through our soul blueprint, through our soul vibrational qualities, you know, and we're accessing an infinite, you know, energy source, vital force energy. And that's what a lot of spirituality is aiming to be. Or we're accessing it through our relationships through other people. And that's fine. Um, actions and agreements with people and behaviours and whatnot. So they're the two. And, you know, this new norm that you speak of need us in the ones where we rely on other people, dependency and stuff, because that, um, that feeds the grid, so, you know, so to speak. But as soon as we take our focus away from that into our own, that grid collapses you know, and um, we're already seeing it at grassroots. And then the unity consciousness part of it is because everyone is unique and connecting to their own gifts, we get to share it with each other for a, a, a value exchange. And that's the other thing, like there's so much distortion around money and value and spiritual gifts have to be free and whatnot. But, you know, you said that you have all these people on your show with different gifts you know, you know, your Archer and your Michael and, you know, the more intellectual stuff, you get to experience each other other's stuff exactly. because, you know, the intellectual person might think, oh, I need to tap into my creativity side. Maybe I'll go to someone that's more, you know, the storytelling, imagination, blah, 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 and vice versa. And you do it as value exchange because one of the biggest distortions, you know, in personal development is give away stuff for free and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And it's a distorted sense of service, which, you know, comes from, you know, religion and spirituality that we have to give our stuff away for free. And that's, you know, so it's reclaiming your value on that level as well. And so that's where the unity conscious, you know, like I've got this lovely ring on and I'm so thankful for the person who created it because I feel really, you know, um, goddess-like when I'm wearing it. And so I've, and so what's happening here in Australia at the physical level of that, so I'm in Victoria in Australia, which has been one of the most lockdown places in the world for the last two years. And so what's happened, it's restrictions are easy now, but towards the end of last year, we, I couldn't go anywhere because of my choice not to disclose my medical information to shops because, you know, it's my medical information. And so what's happened, especially I've noticed it before the lockdown, but especially since, what we've discovered in Australia is all these lockdowns and, you know, mandates are all illegal 
okay? And there's actually a few channels that I follow to get legal advice because I had to find out how I had to survive, you know, trying to stand my ground on what was going on. And so, um, and I'm so thankful for that because I, you know, I'm so read up on law and legislation, it's not funny. But then what we've discovered from that, and this is also happening from the Aboriginal communities as well in Australia, is our actual constitution in Australia has been illegal since 1974 or something. So there is a, a big push to collapse basically the Australian government at the moment. That's what all the Canberra, the convoy to Canberra protests for the last month in Australia's book been about. They want to collapse the government and bring it back to natural law. So that's kind of, I see that as the physical manifestation at the ground level of the sovereignty, you know, connecting to, you know, your own sovereignty source, divine source, and being the, you know, the dodgy, <laughs> the dodgy energy or, the, you know, the dependent energy. So that's been happening. But also what's happening in my local area um, thankfully, there's businesses that know the law. So, you know, we've figured out which businesses we can go up for dinner and cafes and all that sort of stuff. And we support them because they had the balls to, you know, take on the government and risk fines and all that. Um, but there's this whole underground movement of um, people who own properties starting up markets and farms and I've been to a few now and you know you've got jewelry makers you've got people selling produce all organic um you know selling elixirs they're making their own they're already were already talented but they got shunned by you know probably the mainstream shops and whatnot even business directories so I just joined up a directory recently not really probably wouldn't, you know, that align with my business, but I wanted to support this person because she's created this Australia-wide directory for people who welcome everyone. Plus, you know, she's got all of the law, you know, pamphlets there for anyone that wants to navigate, you know, the mandates going on. So it's all happening. It just doesn't look like it because it's just happening at grassroots level. And the more people, it's, I mean, every week I'm seeing new farms or new properties opening up, you know, having a once a week or once a month market to support all of this. So it's happening and, you know, it's just looking out for it and supporting it, actually showing up. And that's how you starve, you know, the big corp and, you know, all of the industries that are participating in this distorted, you know, reality. That, that is what's so damn funny about this is that it's driving everybody who was just fine just to keep moving forward and mind their own business and stuff. And now it's like, OK, what well, shakes everything up to a, to a point to where now everyone's connecting and not only connecting uh, in the truest sense, but in the physical reality and bringing it together. Like you said, jewelry makers, uh, musicians, shops, uh, food, all of that kind of stuff. And it's a way that we've all been able to kind of come together in a way I don't think that we would have before and definitely not in the numbers. And then now you've got a great supportive community that somebody that used to be, I guess, in that mindset, in the 3D mindset, if you want to call it that, now is waking up to the injustice and the ideas. Now they're looking around going, oh, this is amazing. You guys have been here the whole time. This is really, really cool. So I, I find that the communal, the communal aspect of it as well has been incredibly beneficial. And just like you... 
Uh, me and a few other folks, we also agree with you on this, that it's kind of a shakeup. It's that, you know, unity conscience, we're all the same thing. And so it's ready to reassemble and come back to itself as well. And I think that we've all kind of had, you know, our time and we've learned a lot of lessons here as individuated consciousness. And it just feels like this shakeup is what's occurring to kind of draw everything back together. You know, and they're boogeymen. They're running around going, wake up, you know, do the work. Uh, and so it's very just an interesting, interesting time. So I uh, want to know uh, just a couple couple more things. I'll probably turn you loose here. But I, I want to know about your past life, if you don't mind sharing that with us. Number one, you, you talked about it earlier, but uh, the past life to where you went back and discovered something about yourself, your first one. So number one, I want to know, uh, if you don't mind sharing, of course, what that where, where you were and what time period and all that, if you can recall that. And then also what it was that happened then that you applied to now and, and just changed. Yeah, so I the first one, so I did two on the weekend. So the first on that particular weekend. So the first one, I just went. I was in Greece. I was a young girl and uh, or teenage girl, and you know I used to sneak out at night. So I was in a. I lived in some sort of palace, like I, you know, some sort of king, you know, like a king-like princess relationship. Um, and I used to sneak out at night. Um, to help, you know, the poor in a local village and then sneak back in the morning because my father didn't approve of it. It's like Aladdin. So it was basically, and up until that point, even if, huh? Oh, I said like Aladdin. Huh? Aladdin, the movie from Disney, like yeah, Aladdin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. So that's the basic gist of it. But at that point, so even as an exercise physiologist, so I used to work with elite athletes I used I was innovative in that field as well. Like I was doing, you know, functional exercise way ahead before everyone out before it became a trend. And I used to do things a little bit different, but I used to do it on the sly. Like I used to do it when no one was watching or it was just between me and the client. I wouldn't share it with people, but I produced results, whatever. And so it's like, well, I've got to stop. Um, I've got to stop hiding these gifts. So yeah, that was the biggest thing I got out of that is why I was just doing everything in secret because I didn't want to be judged, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so that, um, yeah, yeah, that was really profound because. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so interesting. I haven't done that yet. I know people that do it, but I, I just have not done a regression yet, but I'm very excited too. Would you recommend it? Oh, absolutely. There's value in it. I mean, nowadays, because I used to be scared of it because I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to find? Am I going to get lost in the, you know, astrals or whatever? But, yeah, that was just, that's just not me not understanding the mechanics of it. Right. So, um, but absolutely, like, I don't do one-on-one -on -one work at the moment, but in my one-on-one -on -one work, um, I, you know, I'm pretty, I just go what went down, what your choices were, and how it's impacting you today. Whereas some people, leave, like if you're more interested in Greece and, you know, you know, uh, your, your dad's name is Pierre or whatever. Yeah, you had a horse name, you know, Alabaster. That's yeah. more detail. But I'm like, you know, you got married for money and, you know, in this lifetime you're probably marrying for money, you know, that sort of thing. Like it's just like bang, bang, bang. So it just depends where you want to go with it. Like if it's just more of an interest, that might be more fun for you. But... You know, if you just want to know how it's impacting you today, you might look at that in a different way. But interestingly, the second one I did, 
I was a war veteran in, um, I don't know, one of the latest wars probably. I, I put time periods on there, but I don't actually. So with past lives, you can describe what's happening, but it's only as good as your frame of reference. <laughs> this is why I asked time period, because it's very hard to do. You could be in a past life right now. I could be your past life. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's just as good as your frame of reference, but this was more recent. Um, and I was a pilot. And so, you know, I flew uh, warplanes. And the funny thing is, I actually got my pilot's license when I, I started flying at 16. So I got my pilot's license when I was 17. And I got it in half the time than you, anyone else. In this life now. In this lifetime. Very so my cool. dad got his pilot's license at 16. And, you know, he wanted, because I'm the oldest child, he said, oh, you know, I'll pay for your pilot's license. I didn't really want to do it, but um, I did it. And, yeah, I got it done in half the time as everyone else. And then we used to go to air shows because I've got this secret obsession. I love air shows. And, um, you know, air crash investigations is kind of one of my closet favourite shows. Interesting. I just love watching it. And... When I used to go to air shows, the Chinook airplanes with the two helicopters, they used to, like, I used to get chill. Um, like, you know, I couldn't explain it, but my whole body, body would chill. Even the, um, the Hercules airplanes, um, the same thing, but not as much as the Chinooks. And even just a helicopter hovering around, I'd sort of get a, a minor version of it. And... Although I did want to be a fighter pilot when I was like five or whatever. But yeah, so that's just um, what I call soul inheritance. It's a carryover gift. And that's also why um, you see, you know, people, kids with flawless opera and they're seven or, you know, you always see someone has an accident and all of a sudden they're fluent in a language that they've never. Yes. Yeah. Or the, yeah. I can play drums like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I see that as past life inheritance that's been dormant and now activated. And, you know, I've done some of that work in my, with my clients and <laughs> it's, you know, created like a fountain of a new gift coming through. So it's, yeah. It, it's, it's, making me, it's making me think that uh, this is why they talk about karma and maybe this is what this is all about. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just the energetic form that you take in the next life that you transfer from not only the life before it, but whatever leftover crap you had from any subsequent life that you were looking to clear. And maybe they compound. Maybe they get worse and worse and worse in one particular lifetime. And this is why people look at this like a school, like like there are lessons involved, is because there does seem to be, just on, on the bare base, like the veneer face of this concept right here that we're talking about, that if you do something in, a, in another life and you don't learn a lesson or you're energetically matched to attract this, then that will carry over. And so you've either started out with a talent uh, or a skill that you didn't have to take as long to acquire because it carries over. This is what I'm talking about, about though. But so if, like, let's air quotes, if you were, I don't know, uh, just crappy to people, that would, the energy of that would carry over as well. And maybe that's what people call karma is kind of the energy that you're attracting because you're always attracting what you are, right? In any lifetime. And so whenever you come in with kind of like dealt a bad hand or some bad luck or something like that, maybe perhaps it's because it's energetically matching the decisions that you made in a previous life. But the inverse is true too with people that are born very lucky or talented or whatever in any particular way. 
Yeah, so karma underpins all of my work. So how we define karma is, I mean, karma's 24-7. It's not something you can, you know, like if I was to have a cake every day, I'm going to get fat or sick, you know, like you can't bypass it. But we see karma, it's just the law of creation. You're either making choices that are congruent to who you are at soul level or incongruent, okay? It's one or the other. And so um, when you have unresolved karma from previous lifetimes, yes, it carries over, like the energetic forms or the agreements. And, you know, in my one-on-one work, we have a whole range of definitions of what that is, kind of like definitions that a medical practitioner will have for different health stuff, and then we do the clearing work on it. But the important thing is, yeah, the whole lesson thing is how you created it in the first place. Like, because you can clear what you want, but if you don't know why you did it in the first place, you can't address it level to ground it or complete the karma. And you also have to know who you are at soul level because, you know, I was doing all of, when I first started the spiritual work, I kind of tapped into a lot of, you know, unconscious spiritual archetypes that weren't who I was at soul level. And also I got into um, some of the, you know, giveaway free stuff or, you know, early in my work and acted a certain way, but it wasn't who I was at soul level. So once I shifted that, that radically changed, gave, it freed up a lot more time. Um, it changed the type of clients or the ideal clients that I want to come through. And, um, yeah, so it's just two things. Is it aligned with who you are at soul level or who is it? Is, if, uh, it isn't. But you're born into the family who are an exact vibrational match to your totality of your karmic patterns at the moment of birth. Obviously, you make choices and, you know, that's why it's sometimes hard to be around our family as adults because we've deviated so much from, you know, depending on if they've changed much or whatnot. Um, but that's essentially what's happening there. And so do you think that a lot of that karma is taken out in a vibrational match way whenever you're a kid? Let's say that people who have childhood trauma in this instance, based on one way to look at this could be that you're paying off karma from a previous life. And that is trauma that was inflicted on you as a way of clearing that karma. And now you deal with the trauma of clearing your karma from a past life that you don't even consciously remember. The whole thing is maddening, Vanessa, but I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's you, interesting. It's I mean, fascinating. You, just, you can get overwhelmed in it and you don't want to put yourself into a mind bender. Yeah. So yeah, this is why the more conscious you become, you can look in and examine this, but you can get lost in it as well. And this is what's happening. And this is why specificity is the key, the more, and this is very poorly misunderstood because yeah, there's, you know, different types of distortions. There's your negative karmic patterns that are in your blueprint that are unresolved from previous lifetimes. And, you know, that can go into the trauma and stuff. Then there's misalignments. So you've got your soul vibrational qualities, which most people don't really know what they are. Um, So you're just trying to be someone else when you're not. Um, And then there's the dysfunctions, 
which are just basically the negative polarity of um, your soul vibrational qualities. So, for example, my soul vibrational qualities are independence, freedom, and limitlessness, right? And, you know, the last two years, we've been very limited. So that's the opposite. You know, that's been a major, you know, and as, a, you know, I've been isolated. I've been a hermit. That's been a major handbrake to my own manifesting, you know, expansion and, you know, because of that. And so, um, so that's the dysfunction that you're inherent to anyway. So, but as far as, um, you know, you're born into your families with, you know, that obviously your parents are kind of in charge of you for the yeah. first, you know, 16 or 18 years. But even with that, you make different choices. And I was actually lucky that I grew up on property. I grew up, my dad's a farmer. So I got to go outside and do whatever I want. If I grew up in the city and I had a little backyard, I wouldn't have coped. So, you know, I was pretty lucky in that sense. But, you know, as you, you know, even as a kid, you get older and you make, you know, especially when you start high school, you start making different choices and it just depends on your parents. And, you know, it's just um, an accumulation that just keeps, you know, reinforcing the same choice or, like you don't want to think of it is you have to spend lifetimes to pay back karma. It can be got rid of in one session. Obviously you have to um, see out the consequences of that karma, you know, especially if you, you know, um, I don't know, do something with a business partner that has the business become broke. You have to see out the consequences maybe of court cases and whatnot or you know if you're split from a romantic partner or a spouse and you have kids and property you know you have to see out the consequences of that but it's not something you have to you know it's not retribution as if you have to suffer for the rest of your life or it's like just make an aligned choice see out the karmic consequences and then move on Beautiful. This this is my uh, favorite part about this, and this is why I enjoy thinking about things that way. Is because this is how I feel about it. You have a shot here now. It's not you're not stuck, and not only that, but you can make the right decisions now, and on a quantum level, uh, then it ripples out into heal other parts of you in any timeline that you came from. And it's fascinating. I love this stuff, and I could just talk to you forever about this, but we are going to cap it on this one. So, unspiritually spiritual guys, linked down in the show notes. Vanessa, you are welcome anytime. Thank you so much for coming by. You're fascinating absolutely fascinating thank you thank you i just did want to say one more thing i'll be please yeah go ahead sure. okay so i just want people to get into the idea yeah so we've got the expansion of the consciousness the you know conscious awareness and stuff and but what we want as you become more conscious is specificity to avoid the overwhelm so looking at what in your life is not how you want it to be or that you want to shift um, and that's where you avoid getting the overwhelm, getting confused, feeling like you don't know enough because that's always going to happen and just shift into the specific, like, a, you know, if you're in a soul sucking job, just like, what can I do to shift this? You know, if you're in a relationship that you're tolerating or it's just stagnant, what can I do to shift this? You know, sticky relationships with your family. You know, just be specific and allow that to happen and then move on to the next. Otherwise, you just, you could spend all day, you know, surfing, looking at energy reports, 
how, you know, the mechanics of everything. It's just specificity. I want to give a huge thanks to Vanessa Lagoon. Y'all know I love Aussies. Uh, y'all are all wonderful in my eyes, but especially if you're out there doing the kind of work that, that Vanessa is. So thank you very much, Vanessa, for coming by. Uh, Unspiritually Spiritual and all of the ways to contact her will be located down in the show notes, so you guys check that out. Also down there is our affiliate link, so Food Forest Abundance for sure. Uh, Libsyn, if you want to host through your own podcast, I would host through who I host through, which is Libsyn. It's located down there. Uh, also, if you're going to buy anything at all, on Amazon running through our link. It helps the show. And if you want to expand your experience with us here, uh, you can do so at Expanding Reality Podcast located down there next to all that other stuff. And uh, that's where it's uh, you could funnel through to the socials as well as merchandise and it's got uh, all sorts of cool stuff over there so go check it out lives are replayed there if you want to become an expansive insider you can do that there there's bonus stuff uh, all sorts of cool shit go check it out Uh, so go out into this amazing place guys and y'all pick up a piece of litter of course Uh, be nice to everybody that you come across by a meal or a you know bottle of water or coffee something like that for somebody adjacent to you in that sort of situation where those transactions transpire and uh watch the ripple effects go out it's amazing also uh get out of the left hand lane because that's a pain in the ass if you got somebody behind you and uh, above all in anything else go out into this beautiful place and y'all just be good to one another and that's about it y'all just be good to one another thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time